Today, we'll talk about Mike D'Antoni, who also received his third interview with the Charlotte Hornets, just like Kenny Atkinson did the day prior. At least it was reported. And then we'll talk about Miles Bridges, who's in the news. We'll discuss all of it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way, where we're going through the lounge at the beginning. Before we actually hop on, you kind of get to go backstage with us and hang out. And we talk about random stuff like what's a better movie between Eurotrip and Road Trip, And if the Orlando Magic actually existed in the post-Penny, pre-Tracy McGrady era, which I think we kind of found out maybe in Fayetteville and in Gastonia it existed to watch Daryl Armstrong. But other than that, I don't think anybody realized that the Magic were still a team. Um, we talk about all that stuff before we actually hit the actual show we found some fun stuff there like it, it's really cool you should go check us out on youtube and you should also go check us out on facebook continue to like us and if you like us 500 times then we're going to bring back the matt geiger segment of or fact of the day fact which of the day I'm, thank you i'm glad that that's an incentive i'm glad that people care about that enough or at least i'm going to believe that that they care about it enough to go to Facebook and like it. And that's, yeah, Matt Geiger, fact of the day. That makes me happy that that makes people happy. But if you get 1,000 likes, if we get 1,000 likes from you, then Doug is going to dress his grandmama. And so that's pretty much the ultimate prize. We Some big see prizes. Him. Some yeah. big prizes on the line. <laughs> I'm, I'm more excited. I know people really want to see me dress as grandmama. That's fine. Mm. Uh, but I'm really excited about the Matthew Allen Geiger fact of the day. Bring it back, Mag. And he kind of just quasi gave us one with the middle name. I'm not sure many people knew that, oh, well, yeah, but sorry. you will. But you will know it. And you're going to know the every Mad fact. The Mad Geiger. I want to do okay. like a really like deep, like right? The Mad Geiger fact of the day. Day, day, day. day, day. I, I can picture it now. It's going to be fantastic. You can follow us on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, the show handle on Twitter, at Locked On Hornets. Thanks for checking us out. If you checked us out yesterday, you heard us have a full-on conversation about how we thought Kenny Atkinson was probably the front runner because he was the only coach that it was reported who was going to receive a yeah, third interview. It was absurd. And then, and then, it was absurd that Mike D'Antoni didn't get an interview. This is crazy. And then, I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it probably was within two minutes when we stopped recording. There was a tweet that came out from Adrian Wojnarowski, and he said that Mike D'Antoni will also get a third interview. So I think I operated under Kenny Atkinson being the favorite because he got it first. But now I think at the very least, Doug, this means that both of those guys are the favorites, right? Like, it, it doesn't mean that now Kenny Atkinson has this. I, I did think he had a lead, but now I think, okay, it's it's these two, and we're going to get a decision as reported as well. We're going to get a decision based off of these two candidates. Quinn Snyder, I've heard enough about him the last couple of days where that's not, not going to be any possibility. He's probably going to take a year off. It looks like that Spurs job is enticing to him because he comes from the Greg Popovich tree. Greg Pop retires within the next two years maybe that job comes open he goes and gets it that makes a lot more sense and I, Tim McMahon on the Zach Lowe podcast said that Charlotte was not something that interested him so Quinn Snyder as much as we could wait yeah 
I know. I, I just it. made. Sorry for the listeners. I just made a face that really could be encapsulated by. Well, all right then, Quinn Snyder. Yeah, he left North Carolina. He left Durham. Look, there's other things than Durham. Quinn, Quinn Snyder's on my Charlotte. list. Um, yeah, he's that's right. What I got a list. We'll, I got a list go. of people who annoy me. He's on my list. Okay, fair enough. Um, we'll go Kenny Atkinson or Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni scheduled to meet this week as well, and those are the only two candidates now. Um, so that that it was Kenny Atkinson reported first, and I think you were right, Doug. Like as much as I am giving you ammo to wow, go ahead and clap you. and pat yourself on the back, you were right in that people were starting to overreact a little too much because like, oh well, Kenny Atkinson is for sure going to be the guy, and then you know Mike D'Antoni still has a a very very good shot of taking this job. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and Woj I think said on ESPN that it's these two. It's down mm-hmm. to these two, and and it's really going to be a decision between someone uh, that is proven in Mike D'Antoni that he can get a team uh, with uh, legitimate talent to a multiple playoff series wins, and a guy in Kenny Atkinson uh, that can probably ramp up the intensity level on both ends of the floor. Uh, but there's some questions about whether he can really get it done in the playoffs and and get it done in the regular season. Honestly, we, we he just doesn't have the same track record that Mike D'Antoni has. I'm still on the Mike D'Antoni Oni 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 train. I think it's I think it would be the right move for this team right now. Uh, I think you know had they not renewed Borrego's contract and made the coaching move at that time then I think Kenny Atkinson would have been the perfect hire. But so much of this is about timing the current roster. And I just want them to move much quicker to, 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 you know, work on winning that playoff series that then I suspect that even maybe the organization wants to move, you know, as quick. So, yeah. So the, the reason that why I don't want Mike D'Antoni is the age. Oh, is, don't we, I thought you were on the D'Antoni train. No, no, train. no, no, no. I'm, I, I do. I'm sorry. I'm saying hypothetically, right? I'm trying to play devil's advocate. No, I, I do want Mike D'Antoni. I'm saying if we were go, if we were to go down the list of reasons why you might not want D'Antoni, that's okay, what I mean. That's You're right. I, I phrased that incorrectly. But the, the, the cons, if you will, is that he is 71 years old. So that means you're not going to have him that long if he is going to be the next head coach. Does he want to coach, you know, I mean, five years from now? Who knows exactly what's going to take place? And I don't love the idea of going from one coach to another and then trying to figure it out. But between these two candidates, even with that being said, I still roll towards Mike D'Antoni. Also, the defensive stuff, right? I know people say it's been overplayed. He's actually a fine defensive coach. Well, he's had good defensive staffs that have allowed some of his defensive units to be good. Um, And so if he can do that again, which I don't think he'd be averse to doing, you know, right? Like I think he wants to hire good coaches that help him out there, then fair enough. That's going to be helpful as long as the Charlotte Hornets get the right personnel in place, which is always what it's going to come down to. If you get the players, then we'll we'll worry about the scheme, you know, but, but certainly get some good defenders on this roster first, and then we'll try to figure it all out. So those would be some of the reasons, but at the same time, Doug, a great perfect scenario with the one given in front of us right now would be to hire Mike D'Antoni, hire a high profile assistant. Maybe like Kenny Atkinson. Maybe like Kenny Atkinson, if he's up for it, if he wants to leave Golden State or if he wants to stay there, right? Like I don't see, I've seen people floating that, but I think when you're in the room with MJ, you're walking out of there with a job or you're not walking out of there with a job. I just don't, I don't, 
I, I think that's a fantasy scenario that they say, well, hey, listen, Kenny, we're not going to give you the job that you really want, but why don't you stick around? Well, one, Kenny Atkinson has worked under D'Antoni before. I, th- that makes it a little more real to me because of that relationship. Now, Golden State, you could win championships <laughs> there. It's great. What yes. if, oh, hold on, hold on. And you're what still getting me- interest. What if the meeting with MJ, they they pull the old trick where they say, hey, Kenny, uh, meet a, meet with MJ at 6 o'clock, and then they tell Dan Tony, hey, meet with MJ at 6 o'clock, and they like both open the door together, and they're like, what? <laughs> what is this? What would they say if they saw each other? Going what? The <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be fantastic. Or it doesn't even have to be Kenny Atkinson. It could be just a high-profile assistant. Sean Sweeney. Can the Hornets, yeah, Sean Sweeney would make some sense too. Can they go after somebody, throw a bag at them, see if they're willing to come to Charlotte, say, hey, D'Antoni's over 70. Do you want to be in the mix and have this? You know, they I mean they would have the highest priority when D'Antoni leaves in a few years, presumably. Like that's enticing because there's nothing guaranteed. We've seen candidates all across the NBA decide. Or, or you know, try to get a job for a long time. And so that, that those are some of the ideas that I'd throw out at you. Let, let, let me quickly uh, respond to a few of the things. I see his age and his experience as a pro, not a con. Uh, I, I think this team needs someone who's been there, done that, to come in. This is a young team that wasn't exactly responding uh, to the urgency of the situation that was presented to them last season, especially on the defensive end. Now, I get it. Mike D'Antoni... Uh, is not a defensive-minded coach, but I think his his ideas carry weight. They carry cachet, and if he says, "Hey, we've got to we've got to improve in all areas of the game if we want to, you know, get to where we get to," I think his words would carry more weight in a room than Kenny Atkinson's would. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's number one. Um, number two, I, I mean, I like honestly, I like the idea of D'Antoni maximizing this roster now. And then them pursuing the long-term option in the future instead of risking it and going through several more coaching changes. Uh, That's how much I believe that Mike D'Antoni can do this. I also believe that Mike D'Antoni can actually help you recruit talent. I mean, he's been there and done that with superstars, and and I don't, there, I haven't seen a lot of superstars like badmouth Mike D'Antoni about like you know his 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 particular coaching style. So, you know, I I James Harden might be available pretty soon. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I'm just saying that's that that's idea. a name that could be yeah. available and that has played with Mike D'Antoni before. You know, anything is possible at that point. Where I think your ceiling of possibility is a little bit more limited with a Kenny Atkinson, a little more risk there. I think that's the perfect scenario, right? You get Dan Tony, then you get a high-profile assistant coach, if that's possible. And then you and get then, James Harden. And then, yeah, and then you get LeBron James. You draft Bronny, you get LeBron James, and then all of a sudden you've got the Mon Stars on your team, and you're going at it against a whole bunch of people. All right, coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about Miles Bridges. A little different conversation than we've had before about Miles Bridges because he posted something on Instagram and now he's trending on Twitter. You'll have to find out exactly what that picture was and the following tweets, the following comments from him after that. But not before we talk about prize picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy app that's made easy. I love it. I know you will, too, because it's so easy to use. You pick two to five players, you pick an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. That's it. 
Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's also safe, and it offers fast withdrawal, so you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. You get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans, so you can sign up today and use code NBA, $50 for free, if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. We'll talk about Miles Bridges coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want them to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Miles Bridges, who is trending on Twitter because of something that he posted on Instagram and then came out and talked a little about that picture after he saw the fuss. I believe he posted this picture around like 1:20 a.m. Is that the timestamp I saw on that? I think we have it. When yeah, I that's when all yeah. that's all when right. all fun pictures okay. came out. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably not too far off. So here's the picture. Okay, hold on, hold yeah, on. No, hold no on. you're good. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and set the scene. So Miles Bridges put on Instagram. As you can see, if you're watching YouTube, there was a picture of a styrofoam cup. What appears to be. <laughs> it appears, right? So we can have the specula- speculation sound in the background. What appears to be a pinkish slash purplish liquid in said styrofoam cup with some ice, taking it on the rocks. A lot of ice. And he also, in the same hand, has what appears to be a blunt. He put that out there. It's just on a story. There's no commentary. Those are the two things that he has. Those are the two things that he has in the pick. And so... It obviously looks like lean. Twitter, social what is media lean for the for the uninitiated. Lean is a mixture of Sprite, usually Sprite, and some type of cough syrup. But um, like, but not, but not your kids' Robitussin. We're talking about like codeine. The, the, correct. You know, this is yeah. I mean, this isn't yeah. Correct. And so that's what it looks like. Um, you know. You have you have that out there. People start talking about it. What the hell? He quickly Miles? deletes it. Quickly deletes the picture. I think he puts out on Twitter that it's pink lemonade. All he says is pink lemonade, and then it has the upside down smiley face. <laughs> and then I think he actually deletes that tweet too. And so it looks like he might have some. <laughs> oh, lean he in deleted his cup. the pink lemonade tweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't. His see agent that? just got on the phone like, quit tweeting. <laughs> I mean. It doesn't, it doesn't look too much like pink lemonade to me. It doesn't look crazy. I will say this. People are acting like, you know, hey, he's got a blunt in his hand. Why would he be drinking pink lemonade? Are we sitting here and telling, like, if you're smoking, I guarantee you a lot of people have had pink lemonade while they're smoking. I'm just saying it actually sounds pretty appetizing, I would imagine, right? That's what I'm saying. Oh, you but, would imagine. You would uh, imagine. Yeah, you would I see would it. imagine. I would imagine. At the same time, it's not what that liquid looked like. Man, look, I don't know what the commentary here is, Doug, because we had seen some tweets. He said that he's got some emotions that he's trying to suppress. That was actually an earlier tweet that he had, maybe a couple back. I it, it makes it hard territory to talk about. It doesn't mean that there needs to be something as far as a story goes for, for Miles Bridges. All we know, 
at the very least, you can't put that on social media, and you have to uh, you have to wonder why in the hell is that going out there on a public forum to where everybody can make a big fuss about it? I mean, clearly, it looks like a certain something, and at the very least, you're smoking a blunt putting it out there on social media, which is going to get talked about at the very least. So. Well, it's tough because uh, the go. picture the picture was posted at one o'clock in the morning, uh, uh, according to you, Walker. And uh, the lighting was dark, uh, and you know, lighting messes with pictures. So, look, I believe him. I pink lemonade. I think honestly, that was a birthday candle. I think he was at a late night uh, children's birthday party. <laughs> and okay, uh, no, you know, if you're gonna go all the way, yeah, go with this take. <laughs> Let's go ahead and hear it. I believe him. Um, I'm listening. No, but it, but it, but in in all seriousness. There's a reason he deleted the tweets, and that reason, and and what makes this important uh, to to anyone watching this as a Hornets fan is that the Hornets have a big decision to make about whether or not to retain yeah. the services of Miles Bridges and how much those services are worth on the free market. The Hornets will not be the only team competing for Miles Bridges uh, to to come back and play for the Hornets. Portland Trailblazers. I keep seeing those reports that Portland has has their eyeballs. On uh, on Miles Bridges, and that may mean that the price runs up. Does it get all the way to the max number? It's and and why that's important is because the Hornets' books are already a little shaky with the Gordon Hayward contract and the Terry Rozier extension, and so committing that money to Miles means that any future commitments, like a commitment to say PJ Washington to retain him, is going to possibly force the Hornets into the tax. And Michael Jordan, as an NBA owner, has not always, maybe ever, been willing to really go into that. There tax. hasn't been a contender, you know. That's why, and that's right. that's the reason, right? And I'm not just yes. I'm saying yes. Your point is right. He has not been willing to go into the luxury tax. We don't know for sure if he would do it if they were a playoff contender. Despite him, I think saying that he would, but they just haven't been yet. But yeah, we're we're going to see that come to a test, possibly. The stigmas around marijuana, especially in the NBA, seem to be dissipating. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, the NBA has obviously taken steps to as it should uh, lessen uh, the the testing for it, and you know, and and it, there seems to be an acceptance of like, hey, a lot of our players are doing this. Um, we can't really legislate it like that anymore, um, and it, it is being legalized uh, both medically and otherwise in, in states across the country. So. Um, but but I'm sure there are certain ownership groups and management groups that still have particular uh, feelings about players who use certain substances and whether they and we don't we just don't know how uh, the the organization would necessarily feel about that. Now, when it comes to the drink, it's all speculation. We don't know if it's we don't know what it is. Uh, but if if it is indeed that, that would be concerning just because like that's. And I don't want to go like all, you know, the players are role models. Like, I don't really buy into that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like that's it can be a dangerous uh, substance if if consumed, uh, if if you consume a lot of it. Um, so that that wouldn't necessarily be a great thing to be just showing off. I, I think really w- what I am pretty sure of, Walker, is that it displays uh, a level of aware a low level of awareness of your situation um, and an immaturity that sometimes we saw display itself on the floor last season and we can remember you know in that play-in game he tosses the uh tosses the band into the uh, gets ejected and tosses the band into the 
the stands aiming for uh, somebody that was taunting him and ended up hitting a young woman in the face. Uh, so all, all of this together, I think the organization has to consider some of these things as they begin their negotiations. Well, that's what I hate about this, too, is because everybody that knows Miles knows that Miles Bridges is an awesome guy. He's a delight to deal with in the media. He, you know, Miles was even talking about everything that happened after he threw the mouthpiece and then hit the young woman inadvertently in the face, and right. he immediately apologized. It's the first thing we got from him as soon as he gets back to the locker room. We don't even hear from him via the media. He tweets out, that's unacceptable. It's not okay. Please help me get in contact so I can give out an appropriate apology. It's just that when they you know, actually, I think, had a conversation on the phone, it was certainly you know, true that he was trying to figure out how to get in contact, say, hey, I apologize. And so now, like, okay, we have that for Miles. Now we have this to where it, it, it could be pink lemonade, okay? Like, you know, laugh about it all you want, whatever. We don't know. It could be we don't. whatever the hell. Um, it could but the, be. But here's the thing. Could, here's the thing. Now we have a question. Yeah. No, it's, not that we, it's not that we know or don't know, and a lot of people <laughs> on social media are going to pretend like they know, but we don't know. But the fact is, Miles Bridges presented us with, or, and presented the organization with with a doubt in, well, in a time when you're trying to get the bag and you and doubt <laughs> gets in the way of that well and it, you know what and and maybe like it could be lean it could be and miles bridges is going <laughs> out there and you know maybe celebrating whatever like making a bad choice i don't know you know the 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 weed. I nobody could. I, I couldn't care less about. Right. I, I could try and I, I couldn't. You know that's just what it is. And I think the NBA is starting. It's it's going that way as well. But when you put that picture out there, you know, I saw Nikias tweet this out. Nikias Duncan. He's like, where are his friends, man? Like, you know, why is somebody with him? You know, like you can't. You can't. Gotta have a that- see. You. It, it still is the 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 friend that will take your keys away. Mm-hmm. Got to have the friend that will take your phone away. Like, oh, look, man, man uh, you're you're too important. You're about to make too much money. I'm just gonna grab your phone right now, and you can have it back in the morning when you're, so when you're thinking we, a little bit more clearly. Yeah, it, all of that to say, it doesn't make Miles a bad guy by any means. I don't think anybody is saying. And, and that, I don't think. And, I just and, and honestly, reiterate that for anybody yeah. that it could be be a passing thought. You know, and, and honestly, like again, I'm I'm really speaking only from the perspective of his impending negotiation. Like, I don't think any of this means like, oh, he's going, he's going to, you know, be, be terrible next year. He's going to be Jamarcus Russell. You know, that's what this drink is immediately like purple drink, lean sports world, right. In the sports world, you think about Jamarcus Russell, who was a famous, you know, flame out bust um, kind of situation in the NFL. And so, but I, I honestly, I don't believe that that would be the case with miles, but again, it introduces doubt. I don't like reading social media tea leaves. If you follow PJ Washington all the time, he's tweeting out uh, lyrics to songs. Players do this all the time. They tweet out lyrics to songs and people are like, I emoji, like, what does this mean? Is this person leaving? Or, and it's like, no, nah, I'm just tweeting out like lyrics that I'm listening to that I like. So that's always tough. Yeah. But at the same time, the mental health of players is a real situation in the league. People are paying more attention to it and and it has affected the ability of certain players to play and play out their contract. I'm looking at Ben Simmons. So I think it's something as an organization that you have to do your research on, that you have to 
you know, tabulate to make it part of your calculation when you are in these kind of negotiations. I, I just, again, yeah, where are Miles' friends? Like, hey, man, let's maybe let's maybe chill a little bit until after these negotiations are over. That's that's what I would tell him. The other he's thing not too, listening to me, right? The the most the most important question that we're going to have is, you know, what is there anything that does take place with Miles Bridges as far as you know the the testing. I was looking at the drug policy, the NBA's drug policy earlier. I don't want to wade in those waters when I have no exactly don't have the exact clue on what's going to take place here. I saw it in the morning. We were going to record, and I was trying to get some, you know, I was trying to get some info before that. So maybe we can talk about that tomorrow, and, and as more information comes out. But yeah, that's well, who knows? Michael Jordan, owner of the Charlotte Hornets, if you don't know, Michael yeah. Jordan has uh, famously slapped, uh, physically assaulted. Two Charlotte Hornets players, <laughs> Jeremy Lamb and Malik Monk. Uh, Miles Bridges is working on being the third. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see exactly what it takes. And I, come on, man. You know, part of this, like, I want to talk about the funny in this too, but at the same time, I don't know if that's okay. You know, like we we got to figure this stuff out. All right, coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> We're going to reveal what we did with the 15th selection, whether we made that pick, whether we traded it away. We selected Mark Williams at 13. What did we do at 15? You'll have to find out in just a moment, but not before we talk about Built Bar, because I just went to go receive my Built Bar box of birthday cake puffs, I believe is what they are. They're excellent, but now you also have the caramel brownie Built Bars that are out there. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? I know I do. What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? They're so good. If I told you that you can about have a caramel all brownie. of that chewy, it's caramel. It's not caramel. It's caramel. Chewy, chocolatey deliciousness, plus 17 grams of protein. Caramel, caramel, I don't care. I do know you get 17 grams of protein with it. You're in luck because I know exactly where you can get one. It's at Built.com. Plus, there are plenty of other flavors that you can order there as well. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Mock Draft coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. David. The show's barely been on. How are these injuries going to affect the Hornets' ability to beat the Miami Heat? I'm going to go get some more buttermilk while you talk about that. (laughs) Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. I said yesterday, I think we absolutely destroyed the draft this year. I feel very good despite having, uh, I don't know, rocky draft history in the ultimate mock drafts that we've done in the past. Maybe not even more so up and down, more so than just we kind of went down. The players weren't exactly the greatest. But at the same time, I also don't leave those mock drafts feeling all that good. This one I do. I think we absolutely crushed it. We selected Mark Williams, the big man out of Duke. 13th overall we still had the we still had the 15th overall pick to try to figure out what exactly we were going to uh, what we were going to do Doug you were the one working the phones a yep. lot more than me behind the scenes yep. so I'll allow you to kind of take the wheel and steer us wherever you want us to go had a lot of discussions with teams at 15 and a lot of those discussions were around Gordon Hayward and you know would you know basically hey will you give us 15 
and such and such and such and such, and we will relieve you of the pain of Gordon Hayward's contracts. And a lot of those deals were really interesting, but the pain, not not even just the pain of, of releasing our only remaining draft pick, but the pain that we would have had to take back. There was a deal with the Dallas Mavericks that was being discussed that would have involved Dwight Powell, which doesn't solve any of our interior defense issues. Uh, we saw him get destroyed by Golden State. And and then we would have to take back uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. And that's, a, again, a long contract, and there's some injury concerns there. So we didn't want to get stuck into that situation. There was always There's also some discussions with New York that revolved around Julius Randle. Yeah. Those were more interesting, and New York was really trying to convince us that Julius Randle, despite having many years left on his uh, not as big as Gordon Hayward's contract, but longer. We would be stuck with twenty million for the next like four seasons. Um, he was. They were trying to convince us that Julius Randle was actually All Star, All NBA Julius Randle from two seasons ago, and not whatever Tom Thibodeau has turned the New York Knicks into this previous season. And there, there was some opportunities to move off some money, some expiring contracts with player options that would have come our way as part of that deal. But we ultimately, Walker, you you didn't want to take that risk with Randall. Well, I don't I don't even think talks really went all that far with New York, right? Like I I don't I don't necessarily think there was anything that interesting. But so so it was Randall, and I forget who was going out there. But I, there there were two other deals that I liked more, as as you would continue to to you know kind of search with some of these other franchises. I liked the one with Detroit. I was ready to pull the trigger on. Then they came back with wanting something else, and then. You didn't want to do that. Fair enough. And then we went to a different team. Well, that, de- that so that there. Detroit deal was for Jeremy Grant. So Detroit was trying to move off of Jeremy Grant, who's making twenty plus million dollars a year, pretty pretty long contract as well, because it was just no. signed. No, Jeremy Grant is oh, is expiring on expiring. Yeah. Oh. So J- Jeremy Grant oh, signed that a few years back is on an expiring deal, even though it's more than $20 million, but on an expiring deal where his usage rate went up, but he's been pretty good with Detroit, got hurt, but I would be glad to take him back, get off of Gordon Hayward's money, who's on the books for two more years, Jeremy Grant going to be on the books for one. We'd also get Isaiah Stewart in return, which, whatever, it's maybe some big man depth, he's younger, maybe he continues to get better, but we were sending out Gordon Hayward and 15 in exchange for Jeremy Grant and Isaiah Stewart and I was doing that from a money saving standpoint also I think Grant helps you um so I, I was willing to do it they wanted 13 and 15 talk they wanted, stops. They said, that's that's go. the thing they wanted 13 and 15 so yeah. that's where that's what got us hung up is we didn't want to give up both draft picks let me see if I can pull up the specifics of the deal and I'm not sure yeah, so that's it. Yeah, I said, all right, Jeremy and Isaiah Stewart, and they said 13 and 15, and, and we said, no, we can't give up both picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy. I'm happy with Mark Williams. Um, and, you know, I think we can find – I think there's a deal out there for Gordon Hayward that's that, that the Hornets could explore. And, you know, it's not like Gordon Hayward is – you know, in the ground, like he's, he, he could play well for the Hornets next season. There's like, it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's like likely, but I mean, it's, it's a possibility. It's not as if like he's injured for the entire year. Look, next year. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, we need to get to the 15th pick as much like as people want to move off of Gordon Hayward uh, as much as possible, just sell him for pennies on the do- dollar. Like I- I'm not, 
I'm not going to do that, you know, and I'm not saying that trade would have done that, but like Jeremy Grant is a real player that could come in, help us out. I think he would be better in a less usage role where he had to be the guy with Detroit as you're starting to groom a Cade Cunningham um, and as you're starting to have some other players enter the fold as young guys. But if he gets back to kind of a more usage role closer to what he was at Denver or just find that happy medium between Detroit and Denver, shoot threes, defend, and be more efficient with LaMelo and Miles being your top two options, even Terry being a better option, I think Grant would thrive, plus you would get off of that money. That that was the all, all, that was a very enticing to me to get, get off of uh, Gordon Hayward's contract and get uh, Grant and Isaiah to, uh, Stewart in return. But I rejected it because I mm-hmm. think if you're going, even if you get rid of Gordon Hayward's contract, if you're going to give up both of your draft picks, no future, no, you know, no, not adding to the future at all, then you need something a little bit more of a short bet than Jeremy Grant. So we, we rejected that deal. The, but then I went to San Antonio, who, if you remember, we were trying to contact San Antonio, the Locked On Spurs podcast, about moving up from the 13th pick to their pick at 10 to grab Jalen Duren. And they never even responded to us. That's how much they wanted Jalen Duran. They selected him, didn't respond to us. Well, I went back to them. I put my pride aside and went back to them and said, hey, how about 15 for 20? Jakob Pertl, we throw in Kelly Oubre to make uh, the salaries work, and Kelly Oubre's enticing. I didn't think they would take it. Me either. But they took it. They took it. They took it. They took it. The Lockdown Hornets podcast moved from 15 to 20 and acquired Jakob Pertl in the deal adds to your uh, adds tremendously to your rebounding to your rim protection uh, can be the solid starter there that Mason and a better defensive starter than Mason Plumley and um, allows Mark Williams to come off the bench. So let me pull up the Spurs payroll real quickly, but Jakob Pertl is also on an expiring deal. And I think right. that's why they're kind of in the mix for a Jalen Duran because they want to move on from a Pertl. And um, or I don't even know if they want to move on. They just want to be ready for it. He's going to be making nine point four million dollars next season. And then that saved money. We saved money. That's the beauty of the deal is we moved off Kelly and we saved like four million dollars. Like Jakob Pertl is a good NBA center. He's a very good defensive NBA center. So what we had done with this draft, Doug, is we got Mark Williams to Mm -hmm. potentially be that drop coverage center shot blocker for the future and maybe mm-hmm. help out just just be your backup center this year that's totally fine and will help and yeah Jakob Pertl comes in on less than 10 million dollars on an expiring helps brings that defensive force for you so then you have him as your starting guy plus you still keep a first round pick with I mean not only Mark Williams but we got the 20th pick in return we got the 20th pick so we and we kept five spots and this made you happy. We kept PJ Washington. So looking into yeah, the right. future, you can still go <laughs> small with PJ at the center. Uh, you know, if you want Mark Williams, beautiful. give him some, get him some minutes, but really PJ still going to be your backup small center in that situation with Yaka Pirtle when, when they need to go with a little bit more offense. So you've got a lot of options there. We don't. So here's what I want to do. We can, we can go ahead and reveal who we took at 20. This was your pick. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then Tell us why you picked him, but I'm going to just tease that tomorrow we're going to have an expert on Richard Stamen uh, at Mavs Draft on Twitter, big draft guy, and uh, he is one of the hosts of Locked On NBA Big Board. He's going to tell us all about Mark Williams, the 20th pick who we selected, 
and uh, a few other options. So, Walker, who did you select with the 20th pick in the NBA draft? I selected Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, 20th overall. And he is quickly becoming my favorite player in the draft alongside Amalekai Branham, who went 14th overall to the Cleveland Cavaliers in this ultimate mock draft. Jalen Williams is an analytics darling. This guy is a third-year player for Santa Clara. If you look at some of the numbers, his pick and roll, where he ranks percentile-wise, you know, from anybody that had enough uh, plays as a pick and roll ball handler, he they're they're through the roof, like 80th percentile catch and shoot from three, you know, 80th to 90th percentile contested threes, 80th to 90th percentile transition, same thing. The analytics are through the roof with him. They are very real. He averaged a ton of points over at Santa Clara. I think it's, I think it got to 20. I don't want to pull it up here because we know the internet stuff, but 20 points per game for Jalen Williams. I think he's an excellent ball handler. I think he's a really good passer. Doug, I think you get a really smart basketball player. And the only worry was about his athleticism because he didn't play explosive, but he gets to the combine and he posts a 39 inch vertical. You know, the 39 inch max vertical, which tied for third at the combine. He's also got a 7-2 wingspan. He's got a standing reach at about nine feet. Those are very high numbers for being that small forward slash shooting guard that can play. And so if you're telling me, defensively knows where to be I think can move enough his agility numbers were kind of like middle of the road maybe you'd want them to be better as a potential two guard but at the same time they're fine enough the verticality is explosive enough he's a smart player like all of those things enrolled into one I don't care that he's 21 years old I don't care that he's older at 20th overall I'll take that every single day of the week so very excited about Jalen Williams if this draft happened for the Hornets in real life I think it would be awesome. You know, so, well, let so us you, know what you think. Yeah. Comment on YouTube. Comment on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Hashtag Hive Live so we can get it up on the screen. Let us know what you think about our draft. We're going to be talking much more about Jalen Williams, about Mark Williams. We did a double Williams in this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about them with our draft expert and uh, Cody Zeller lookalike. Richard Stamen of the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast tomorrow. I uh, just I do want to say that. Jalen Williams, in terms of big board, is around that 20 to 30 range. So this mm-hmm. wasn't like a crazy reach. Uh, and I, I'll also say that we almost got Abaji. Abaji went 19 in the mock draft. I would so, have taken – and I'll tell you, I'd take Williams over Abaji. Wow. I, I would have know, fought would, you a little bit I gave I, because no, all my guys had come off the board by then. Tari Easton uh, is somebody you were looking at pretty heavily. Tari, I think, went right before at yeah. 18, I believe. I don't yeah. have it. I don't have that uh, pulled up. But, yeah, I think Tari went right before. Brandon was gone. Uh, Marjan Beauchamp, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, he was gone. He got, he went way early. Well uh, – so, so there were a lot of players that that were on my that were on my radar that had already gone. So I just sort of seeded the pick to you. Yeah, you. Yeah, at that point you didn't care. I, I thought about Blake Wesley too. Really high upside pick. Really good defensively in the backcourt. I think would help, and that's that's something that would be great for this Hornets team. I, I like Blake Wesley a lot. I I just continue to watch Jalen Williams film. You know, look him up. I, he's he's what the guy. it would be if they if this did indeed happen at thirteen and some kind of trade back situation where because I don't know that Jalen Williams at fifteen makes sense. I think there are a few other players that would make a little bit more sense for the Hornets. But or that's a good question though. Would you take Jalen Williams at fifteen? Just real quickly. Yeah. 
I wow. have no problem. But so, this is this is how I operate. When I when I find guys I like, fall in love. you know, I'm just gonna I'm t- you know Zaire Williams before he goes ten last year. I mean, we we know the guys I fall in love with. You know, SGA. Uh, trying to go back to a couple of years ago. So SGA, Mikhail Bridges, then it's like Devin Vassell, Zaire Williams last year. This year, it's Jalen Williams, Malachi Branham. Um, you know, Mark, as far as the realistic options go, it, real quickly, Jeremy Wu put out a mock draft that had the Hornets taking Jalen Duran at 13 and Malachi Branham at 15. I mean, that's the perfect scenario if you don't make any trades. I would be skipping. If Wu's, you don't make, he's any- pretty smart guy too. Woo. And he does that based off intel. And I think Jer- Jeremy Wu actually like credible with that. You know, when, when you talk about I'm doing this the, with the latest intel, what I'm hearing, look, smoke screens galore for any draft, NFL or NBA. But you know, maybe there's something there. I, I that'd be that'd be thrilling to get Jalen Duran and Malachi Branham with your two picks for me. I love him. I would if they if he falls to 13, I'm getting a little scared. Because you know how I feel about a falling yeah. a falling draft prospect like that. Well, the idea is that the Knicks really want a point guard, and Ty Ty Washington might be that selection at you know where the Knicks are selecting like ten or eleven, something like that. And um, look, teams yeah. will be. I think teams are going to be frightened by Duran's age because uh, he's super young and super. But I view that as attractive. You know, just like just like with the D'Antoni discussion, right? Well, I like think there's yeah, I think there are certain players that you go, wow, they've got it all figured out by 19. So just imagine what they'll be at 22, and then you have certain players who are 19, and you're like, wow, if that player figures it out, you know, then by 22 they could be something special. And I I, I just feel like from what I read, Jalen Duran falls more into the latter camp. That like yeah. there are still some aspects of his game that have to you you're you're banking on those coming along yeah man that's why he's not a top i mean look that's the thing with mark williams durin jalen williams all these players there's a reason why they're going to be if they're available at 13 there's a reason why they're not a top three pick well jalen's a riser at this point you know he he was not here and so you know he's kind of the guy you usually want doug if jalen falls then it's it's you know going i'm paying attention i'm paying attention you got my eyes on him now i'll I'll tell i'll I'll, you know we're gonna talk to we're gonna talk to uh statement about it tomorrow he'll he'll let us know Peep Jalen Williams, as the kids say. All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for hopping on with us. If you're checking us out in the lounge, we're being stupid behind the curtain before we come back on. So if you want to catch us, be dumb. You know, it's always a fun conversation before we actually get started with the actual show. Now, make sure after you make your first listen, Locked On Hornets, make your second listen, Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter. He's joined by Richard Stamen, who we're going to have on tomorrow to talk about Jalen Williams. He's going to grade our draft right in front of our face. So you could catch us really received some bad criticism um, if Richard Stamen doesn't like what we did. Sam Ferris, also Leaf to Lynn, is get, uh, they're all giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for hopping on with us. We'll be back with you uh, tomorrow.